Hello and welcome to The Huddle. I'm Liam Santamaria and we're underway. It's the annual pre-season coaches series on The Huddle. Episode one, Adam Ford, a few days ago. And today we're going to talk to the new man patrolling the sidelines out west. Former NBL star, John Rilly, a.k.a. The Real Deal, a.k.a. JR on fire. So sit back, relax. Up next, John Rilly. What's happening, man? Good to see you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Just got done with uh, practice number three. Nice. How has the first week of practice been? Look, it's it's been good. Uh, obviously, it's easy to be excited. Uh, new players are coming in. Still in the honeymoon phase with my own situation. So, uh, and we're zero and zero. So, life's good. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, speaking of starting practice, I, I listened to you do a presser the other day. And something made my ears prick up. And then my phone blew up a little bit that afternoon from some people that have been around the league for a long period of time saying, is JR talking defense and rebounding? <laughs> yeah, look, ab- absolutely. Uh, and and it, it's something that I'm going to have to deal with and get over. Uh, I have confidence in our offense. Uh, and if you want to be a championship level team, you have to defend and you have to rebound. Uh, more than anything, I, I feel like I have to uh, implement my f- philosophy defensively. Uh, it is different to how they played last year uh, at that end of the floor. So they need to see that I'm serious about it because I am trying to navigate that aura about how people just think my teams are going to play. Um, but the, the players have to buy in as well. So we are, every day we're emphasizing those two things. Truth be told, that... That sounds a little bit like how I imagine you thought as a player. I have confidence in my offense. Let me get out there and get what coach wants me to get done defensively. Let me make sure I'm scooping and sweeping and grabbing some boards and sharing the ball. Absolutely. And and that's what I say to the guys is even the best defender gets beat. But if we get beat, I want us to be beat the way I feel like we can hide that you know, with our rotations and so forth. So um, as long as you get beat the way that I'm comfortable with getting beat and we play with effort and then rebound, like rebounding forgives a lot of sins. Mm-hmm. So um, take care of that. And we're moving down the floor where we all enjoy being. You mentioned another thing you mentioned the other day was every practice is going to have a theme to it. What was today? Yeah, communication, uh, like by nature or talking on defense, communicating on defense, uh, by nature, uh, by our team, by nature is very quiet, not not a boisterous or loud team, uh, you know. And it, they just can't. I just can't generate the energy all the time at that end of it, uh, you know. So getting those guys, Luke Travers, Mitch Norton, uh, Wagstaff, the imports, um, you know, getting them feeling comfortable because at the end of the day, when you're tired, if you if you got a good voice, that that can uh, cover up a lot of mistakes as well. Who's gonna Who's going to lead that way in that regard? To whom does it actually come naturally? Uh, like right now, I, I'm not sure where it just comes naturally, but Wagstaff has a great voice and a confidence about himself. Blanchfield has been the one that's probably surprised me the most um, in as far as um, his voice. Now, as, as our philosophy at the defensive end has a lot of carryover from 
boomers he was involved with us in Melbourne with that. Uh, he has a comfort level for the style I want to play. Um, you, you know, and, and look, at the end of the day, I'm asking for effort. And if you're giving effort and you have a good voice, um, you know, we're moving and trending in the right direction. Who's been um, the standout in your eyes in terms of how they've reported to, to preseason, the start of preseason, conditioning and the like? Uh, look, uh, I'm, I'm learning myself as we go through this, but uh, from my understanding, a lot of the, the Wildcats last offseason had injuries and surgeries and so forth. So we've just actually just naturally started off ahead of the curve this offseason. Uh, obviously, with the way they played or finished last year, um, there's a hunger within the group. Uh, we have a group, you know, a large portion of the group was here last year. Um, so I, I sense that there's just a genuine hunger with the disappointment of last year. You spoke about the boomers before and some carryover from, from, from that, from your experiences with Gorge in Tokyo, but also down there in Melbourne. Um, one of the things I always enjoyed about Gorgian's training sessions, and actually the whole training day, in the gym at the start of the day, he would lift with us. And at the end of practice, he would shoot against whoever dared to take him on. Yeah. Uh, are, you, uh, are you similar? Uh, yeah. And, and look, Gorge, Gorge uh, was someone that I lent on a little bit as I went through the interview process. Um, I'm certainly not Brian Gorgian, but I think we have a similar approach or personality to the game and the, the, like the way we want our teams to be. Um, so I certainly have that aspect to it. Uh, hopefully the successes can follow to his level. Um, but yes, I, I like, I want to do that. Like I go into the weight room, I do my own, uh, calisthenics <laughs> and whatever. And, um, you know, and I'm certainly vocal, um, during practice and, and letting guys know how it is. Um, but that's the way I want our team to step on the floor and play. We want a confidence about what we're doing, respect the opposition, but we feel like we have a good chance of winning every game. And what, I mean, after practice, I mean, I'm, I'm picturing you telling Luke Travers, if you can beat me to 10 or to 20, then you start and Blanche will come off the bench. Uh, look, I'm, I'm trying to build guys' confidence right now. <laughs> we haven't divvied out. We haven't divvied out the podium, so you know I'm, I'm letting guys get confident, and then we'll deal with that. All right. Well, speaking of getting guys into the mix and feeling good, the the imports in town are in town. Well, the new ones at least, Brady Manic yep. to Sean Thomas. Um, Brady Manic's exciting. You and I sat there and watched him at Summer League playing for Charlotte. Everyone watched him in the final four last year, double double in the championship game. Obviously, something of a cult figure at UNC and in that uh, NCAA environment. What are you looking forward to about coaching him this season? Yeah, like giving him the headspace where he can just be that reputation of just being regarded as a floor spacer or a shooter. Mm -hmm. uh, my research into him, I think uh, offensively, he can play a little bit off the bounce. He can be a great decision maker um, because when you look at our roster and, and the guys that have great offensive ability, uh, you need to have guys that can be playmakers around them. And when I say playmakers, guys that can make passes, like uh, I, I, I reflect and go, well, when you're a good offensive team, you've got to be a good passing team. 
um, because, you know, teams are going to scheme against this team's top lock, Bryce Cotton. Mm. Um, you know, so the one thing I do know is when teams hone in on you and you do get open, you want to touch the ball because it's tough work. So I want to have guys around that understand that, can execute. Um, so we're playing to each other's strengths. And I think both Thomas and Manic. With the with the other guys on the roster, like I, I'm looking forward to our sharing the ball and our passing ability. Thomas, in particular, you know, when you guys signed him, and I looked into him and started talking to people, that his passing ability um, was something that I kept hearing about. And you look at the numbers, and I said this after you signed him. You know, he's like you know three dimes a game, pretty much everywhere he's played. Uh, which, yep. from the power forward, maybe the small ball five spot, is pretty impressive. Yeah, and look, uh, when I when I first become aware of him and I looked into it um, and the team in Israel that he played for, Jerusalem, I, I actually, a couple of years ago, looked into their offense. So I knew how they played offensively. Um, so they like or appreciate passing bigs. Uh, and outside the NBA, and look, there's going to be someone out there, but um, him out of a short roll situation, like he's elite in that space. Mm -hmm. um, so when you talk about having guys like Webster, Cotton, Manic, Blanchfield out on the floor with someone with that skill set, um, teams are going to have to figure out how they want to defend us because uh, you, you talk about the passing ability, but then he has the ability to score the ball if you're sloppy or loose with it as well. Mm -hmm. You also, you're talking about the other end of the floor earlier. Um, Brady in particular, first year pro, teams are going to go at it. Yep. That's fine. They look, it, it, it's something that he's dealt with his whole career. And that's, that's where once you go to the professional level, you, you got to take pride in it. But being a good teammate is understanding your strengths and weaknesses of each other. So just leaving him out on an island, is that going to help us be a better team? Absolutely not. So that's where we have to give him the confidence. If I'm asking him to ball pressure because we've switched onto a point guard, if he understands his teammates have got his back, if he's forcing it the way we want to force it, he's done his job, mm -hmm. you know, and then just give me effort after that, you know. So um, just building that trust, the relationship, the rapport, our philosophy, that, I think that's just going to go a long way to helping everyone. Is Bryce on his way? He's in Perth. He's in Perth. Okay, the, bird, the birthday candles have been blown out. He's traveled over and he's arrived. So was he on the practice floor today? He, he was present at practice, yes. Okay, nice. I see behind you, you're in the, you're in the office? Absolutely. Okay, so we've got a little X's and O's there on the whiteboard. Uh, is, this, is this, which brings me to coaching Bryce because he's mm -hmm. such a weapon, an all-time great in this league. And he was amazing last season. Again, runner-up in MVP voting, um, putting a lot of points on the board and the like. But you would have seen that in the last part of the season in particular, it was hard work. I mean, it was a grind yep. for him to get open. What's, the, what, what's your mindset, mentality, or even a little bit more specific to that about making sure it's, it's a little bit easier for him this season to get to his spot? Yeah, uh, I th and we've we've had great conversations about this stuff. Uh, I think I have a respect and an understanding of what it takes to deal with that. 
And that's where I get back to that earlier comment is when you have to work hard and you get open mm. and you don't get it, that, it, that becomes a frustrating yin and yang type of situation. Um, now, uh, when I first watched Bryce as a coach versus a fan of the NBL, uh, like he's a very willing and good passer, mm. um, you know, so any good, any good player knows he has to have a great teammate and good teammates next to him. Um, so hopefully we give him comfort in his teammates around him um, so that he makes a couple plays for his teammates. And then all of a sudden teams go, well, we got to give these other guys a little bit more respect than what we are. Uh, and then he has to understand that, uh, you know, him and I, we're going to have a synergy where I have a plan or a mindset of the plays of what we're trying to accomplish out of that, um, you know, and, and that's where I go back through the archives and look at the different things where he's been successful with, with the coaches he's played for. Um, but, you know, like we, we've added Webster, Manic, good scorer, Blanchfield, uh, you know, has, has shown that he can score the ball. Um, wag stuff, you know, so hopefully we can put some uh, weapons out on the floor where you just can't really lock in on him. And then obviously I got to have the smarts to be able to combat the way oppositions want to defend him. You mentioned Corey Webster right then. It was a signing that raised eyebrows over the course yep. of the off season because um, there's history there with, with Corey Webster and uh, on and off the floor. And there's certainly history with the Wildcats with what happened a few years ago in the off, in the off season, which happens in pro ball, but the Red Army, don't forget these types of things. Uh, what he is, yeah. though, is a world-class scorer. And he has yeah. been that for a long period of time. And that's yeah. why he knocked on the door with some NBA opportunities at times over the years and why he was one of the leading scorers at the World Cup in 2019. Um, for you, was it a no-brainer to bring him in and 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 get him on the squad? No, I, I have to thank the people that come before me because that was done way before I was even in the picture for this job. Now, mm -hmm. uh, with the people that I knew associated with Perth Wildcats, I reached out to them and I said, I think that's a great signing by you guys because uh, he gets attention. Mm. You know, it doesn't matter how he's playing. You're going to respect Corey Webster and his scoring ability. So then you go, well, if you can play him and Bryce together for some extended periods, like how do you attack that? You know, especially if Corey's at playing at an elite level, um, you know, so uh, I, I thought it was a good signing. You talk about relationships and so forth. At the end of my career where I was with the Breakers, I was with a young Corey Webster. I recruited his brother. Um, you know, so I have some type of rapport going into this. I, I obviously have an understanding of his history, mm -hmm. uh, which uh, you can look at that a, a lot of different ways um, and how I approach that in my conversations with him, you know. But as far as him helping the franchise move forward, like, I think that was a good signing. Hey, last time we chatted on air... Uh, we were on the concourse there at Summer League and I asked you about, you know, does it feel real that you're the head coach of the Perth Wildcats? Uh, you said, actually, when I text people about it, I still kind of come and getting used to the idea. You're wearing the red and black now. You're out on the floor. You're in the practice gym. Does it feel real now? Oh, ab absolutely. Like the minute, the minute I touched down in Perth, uh, you know, with the visibility of the Wildcats, uh, 
it, it gets you juiced. Uh, you know, you're around something where there's a high level of expectation, which I love. Um, but, you know, I, I can say I genuinely love my team now. It's in, we're in the honeymoon phase. It's preseason. But like the, the roster, the way we, we play, the skill set, that, that is who I like to be as a basketball player. That's what I like to coach. Right, so now that you've come to terms with the fact that you're the head coach of the Perth Wildcats, <laughs> let me take you back to Feb 18, 2009, when yep. you drove a dagger through their yep. heart and you gave yep. them 10 triples and 34 and yep. knocked them out of, out of the playoffs. Uh, the, uh, the, the long time passionate Perth fans are kind of getting used to the idea that that guy who gave them nightmares that night and Corey obviously involved as well is now their head coach. What, what we spoke about this two years ago on NBL rewind, but uh -huh. it's more interesting now that you wear the Wildcats logo on your chest. What, when I bring up that game, what are your strongest memories of that night? Oh, just, uh, you know, it was one of those games that you, you wish you had, multiple times throughout your career but it come together in that atmosphere that situation um you, you know and it it look it the beauty of it is as you guys keep bringing it up so it makes me look like a champion around these blokes you know um but but in saying that uh what i do feel and i hope people see the passion that i'm about as a person and i think that gravitates to who they are as fans so put that together. Hopefully uh, we can have some fun nights at RAC. <laughs> we had a fun night in Perth that night. You know, I had a fun <laughs> time. You know, I had a fun time with you is my man, Corey Homside Williams. Now he went on his socials yesterday or yes. two days ago. Now there are some yes. coaches out there, JR, who say, I don't hear it. I don't see it. It's white noise, but they're oh. lying. For once, yes. they're lying, and I know you're not going to do that. Here's what he said, quote, no team is going to challenge the Perth Wildcats for the championship this year. Thoughts? He once told me that he shot made 14 threes in a game, and I didn't believe him. And then the story got embellished till he was playing the fireman. So I, I, my mind just went to, like, that's just Oh no. Bra, you know, like self. Now, I appreciate that he has confidence in our team. I have confidence in our team. But the way he portrayed that it would go, I hope it's that easy, but I'm not naive. Man, such a shame for me and our listeners because you kind of froze there for a little bit during some of what you said there and we, di we didn't catch it all. But did you catch? I mean, he's on the beach there in Jamaica. He had the coconut. A little, uh, the best bit was he was like, there's a little bit of rum involved <laughs> as, as, as well. And he put the kiss of death on, on you guys. Hey, that's exactly what he did. And one of, one of my former teammates sent that to me and I did watch it. And my response to my former teammate was, well, that's the kiss of death, you know. Um, but Was it rusty? Look, that was rusty. It, it wasn't. It wasn't. No, no, no. But it, like that, look, Corey's Corey. I appreciate him having the confidence in my squad. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's not going to be all peaches and cream as I keep telling people. I, I'm, I'm open to a bad day. <laughs>
<laughs> hey, uh, when we, ch- I spent, mentioned chatting to you on NBL Rewind two years ago, Cam Luke and I, and uh, we were talking to you about your coaching aspirations and, and what you wanted to do. And you said, you know, like I have interest in becoming a head coach and coming back to the NBL. You spoke about how you thought it would be, was best in that journey to, to, to step away and separate yourself from being a player and a coach. You said at the time, if I'm good enough, someone will reach out. Yeah. Is, is that how it ended up playing out? Or did you eventually think about it and say, you know what, it's maybe time I just, I, I take the first step and start throwing my hat in the ring? Uh, no, no. Uh, I just truly believe uh, your, your validity and your work carries you through at the end of the day. Uh, you got to have the faith and the confidence. Uh, I don't want to change the way I approach life um, just because you feel like, oh, well, I need to change course. Like, uh, my playing career, I had to take a few twists and turns to achieve goals, um, you know, and at the end of the day, you create your own luck. You put yourself in those spots and opportunities. And, and when you do get the opportunity, you need to step up and make the most of it. You know what? And I feel like that's what happened with you, with the boomers. I feel like, I don't know what you, I feel like maybe the boomers involvement over the last couple of years was the bridge that, yep. that, that brought you from a co- being a college coach in everybody's eyes over here to, hey, this yep. is a guy that we should be talking to about NBL head coaching availabilities. And, and that happened by being there at the yep. drop-in camp in California, doing yep. a really good job, obviously, impressing, and then a bit of you know bad luck for DP, and then good luck for you in a way, and then here we are. Yeah, yeah, and... And uh, you, you, you got to put yourself in situations. You got to be like, I just called Maddie Nielsen and said, look, I'm a couple hours away from Irvine. I'm more than happy to come and be involved in any way possible. Uh, and that, that's what I did. And, you know, it's, it's amazing uh, when you don't get out of your own peripheral vision, what, what can happen for you. Um, but you also have to be prepared to take on the responsibility when you get it given to you. Uh, so then you can just progress. And look, I, I was lucky. I went into a situation where I knew Gorge, I knew Maddie Nielsen, uh, the playing group of the Boomers. I had some type of affiliation or association with a number of those guys, you know, previous years. So, uh, you know, I could hit the ground running, so to speak. Yeah, it's worked out great. We're excited that it's worked out in the way that you're involved with the Boomers, but also now back in the league. Hey, you talked about stepping up to responsibility and, and developing and growing as a result. That's what's going to happen with Luke Travers this yep. season. Um, you talked about, I don't know, it's been a while since you've been here. There is or no all NBL 13, just so, just so you know. <laughs> there used to be. So you could take, the, if you've put a bonus in his contract for third team, you're good. You're safe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, what do you, what, what do you want to see out of LT on the day to day this year, but then also when the bright lights come on? Yeah. First and foremost, my message to him has been how you play in a game is going to be determined about how you pro- approach every day. That's on the court. That's recovery, looking after yourself, coming with a mindset Uh, I'm going to be demanding of that. And let's start at the defensive end because his transition from defense to offense is pretty elite at a high level. So 
why not put yourself in as many of those situations as possible? Like he, he should be a high level rebounder in this league. You know, he should be getting steals and deflections with his, let alone his IQ, but his natural size. Mm. Um, you know, so my thing is, is you got to bring me effort at that end of the floor and the offensive end, the shooting and all that, that'll take care of itself. Um, but then when you say the bright lights, like he like teases people right now, mm. he has to get mm. out of the teasing phase mm-hmm. where you go, oh man, that was a brilliant two minutes. Mm. We need to be saying that was a brilliant game and he's flirting with a triple double. You know what we need is the five by five, JR. I want What's to fight. That? That's that's the Andre Kirilenko special. At least, oh. <laughs> you know, I want five by five from Altair. I was talking about it last season. He he kind of flirted with it in that that first game at Summer League. I want Luke Brennan on five by five watch. <laughs> so when he's got five, 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 and four, you're not bringing him out of the game. Yeah, yeah, and and look, that's 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 him as a player. I'm not going to ask anything more of who he is as a player but your versatility so like one night it's going to be like rebounding the ball for us and just pushing and getting us into transition another night it might be like applying backcourt ball pressure because your length is going to disrupt um you know but there's no reason uh he can't become more consistent in his game he's no longer the 20 year old kid from country WA like let's start step up take the opportunity and let people know that you've arrived love it um you talk about his versatility let's talk about yours I mentioned JR on fire off the top it's a real it's an honor and a pleasure to be podcasting (laughs) with a trailblazer in the industry in fact let me let me bring this up I tracked down J- the JR on fire blog spot uh-huh. and, and I clicked on the bio, right? And it says, uh-huh. you ready? It says, they ready. Call, it says, they call me JR. Basketball is what I do. I play the game. I live the game. I love the game. Why do I blog? Because maybe someone else out there loves this game as much as I do. Is it you? The internet never forgets. Just quite, just quite. But this was the best bit. It says interest. You had to fill in a little bit there about interests about yourself. And it said, "Do you remember what you wrote here?" I have no idea. It says family, sport, and kicking your ass. <laughs> hey, that, that's why I play. Competing is a wonderful thing, you know. Um, and that's uh, hopefully uh, as. Uh, my team understands that. That's what I'm about. Like, look, we have great banner. I love a, like a great atmosphere so people feel comfortable. But at the end of the day, I do want to kick your ass. I think that should be the banner in the locker room. <laughs> Family, <laughs> sport, and kicking your ass. Absolutely. So uh, my wife can do up a good bio. Love it. Love it. Awesome, man. Hey, thanks heaps for the chat. So pumped to have you in the league excited for you this season and what you're going to do out west and um look forward to following the journey yeah thanks love love having uh being a part of all of this and you're welcome to call me anytime good man cheers